0: to the chorus in the chaos podcast my name is jack and i am as always joined by grayson and blake guys how are you doing well excited for this podcast episode
1: yeah yeah have been uh, building up to it for a while yeah, it is a difficult subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a little bit of conversation in the in the, on the on the page uh, of how do you address these things? Do you call it a difficult subject? Do you call it a sensitive subject? Do you call it an important subject? Because inevitably somebody will come into the comments and say, Well, why is it difficult? The Bible's very clear on this. Why is thing. it sensitive? So we, yeah, we don't mean it in that sense. We mean it in that uh, today's subject is probably one of the most destructive yes. uh, areas of sin. Uh, not only in the world in, at large, but in the church
0: also. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, of course, we're talking about tithing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> um, but before we do that, before we jump into that, a couple of disclaimers, a couple of housekeeping yeah. items. We haven't even said what the subject we is. We haven't yet. even said what it is. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Spoiler uh, although, It is not tithing. Although it'll. <laughs> it is not, but they've already read the name of the podcast episode, probably. Well, so yeah. they, so they, yeah. so what's a dead like giveaway? Sneaky, yep. but they are, they already know. What they don't know is that we have a book to give away. Ooh, we have a book. Uh, if you've listened to the past few episodes, uh, as a reminder, we had a very generous friend of the podcast donate a handful of these. I've got a couple left, and uh, to the first person who utters, types in in the comments of YouTube. The secret phrase which will come later in the episode uh we'll reach out to you we'll get an address and we'll mail you one of these uh, devotionals and it is the heart of the reformation a 90 day devotional on the five solas a neat little book here put out by ligonier yeah. so how many of those what, do we have left at what this a point? great way!
2: what was that grayson i said how many do we have left at this point
1: two
0: two, two. this one and one more okay. Okay. so we're so we're coming
2: down
1: to it you guys better hop yep. on that secret phrase yeah, That's right. What a great way to kick off Reformation
0: Month. That's right if yeah, you're Reformation officially, Devotional. Officially, yeah. in, October, officially <laughs> in October. Um so we are we are going to be talking about lust and sexual sins this evening. Um, and um, as as by way of introduction, we wanted to give a quick warning. It may go without saying, right, but a quick warning to to, to parents out there. Um, this is a sensitive subject. We're not gonna be obviously uh, yeah. While it will, yeah while it will
1: not be crass <laughs> yeah it will be
0: uh it is you know, a maybe subject. something you want to shuffle the little ones out of the yeah. room <laughs> yeah. so if you typically listen to the podcast uh with your kids thank you we think that's great uh but this this may be one use your own discretion your own judgment here uh but we're just going to give a warning because of the 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 topic just yeah buyer beware
2: yes so Did <laughs> ever turns did i ever tell
0: you guys the first sermon <laughs> i ended up preaching
2: Literally, the, now, the first it? service or that I ever preached at was uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. And okay. the context of it is dealing with sexual immorality. And uh, so Paul goes into this lengthy explanation about how if you are committing these deeds, you are defrauding your brother or sister. And therefore, um, essentially, you are in the same realm as those who are in vileness and impurity. But then mm-hmm. he ends it with this warning. Um, if you reject this teaching, meaning tex- teaching against sexual immorality, then you are rejecting Christ. So he fully pulls the mm-hmm. apostle card. But I remember preaching that sermon, and I went full bore. I mean, that was just how I, uh, I'm i like, okay, we're going to tackle this subject, I guess, for my first sermon at my church. yeah. And I was... Was this a sign to you, this passage? Or did you choose this passage? Oh, no, it was, it was a, a seminary paper that I had to write. And then oh, okay. my pastor was like, well, since you've already done the exegesis for it, why don't you preach it? You're and right. uh, I mean then I went from there to like, you know, Jude and smaller epistles and then minor prophets, so he's been very faithful to give me difficult subjects, which have been good. <laughs> <laughs> but I I had probably four different people come up to me at the end of it and they're like, I can't believe you preached on that when I had my thirteen year old kid in the service. Yeah. And it's like, well, In one sense, I get it. In another, it's like your kid's thirteen.
1: Yeah, they've heard far worse than this point.
2: Yeah, so Hmm.
1: I haven't had I've I've preached pretty plainly on a lot of pretty wild passages, and I haven't Hmm. had any um, feedback. But I always give a little thing to parents the week before and say, you know. Just you oh, know, yeah. for next there week, there was There's- absolutely no warning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no We just went right control. into it. Yeah. yeah,
0: you just you just <laughs> you, dropped it. In, you in had way. deacons yeah. lock the doors to sanctuary. <laughs> right. so no oh, yeah. one can Put leave. the chains Pull around. The shades down. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. You're oh, gonna man. sit and you're gonna listen. <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> Turn the amp up a little bit louder. Yeah, than usual. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so the yeah, we'll be talking tonight on lust and sexual sin. So yeah. warning to parents. Right. Right. Uh, uh, Blake put the outline together. It's a fantastic outline. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's lengthy. Uh, so even before we, we hit the record button, we were sitting here talking. We think this will be two episodes. Probably two. Yeah. I, I can imagine it being three, but I think probably it'll be at two. Uh, so very likely this will be a part, part one episode. Um, yeah. Any, anything else by introduction, guys? Anything else we should mention? No, I, I you know, I, I just, I don't think that,
1: we don't want to rush this subject yeah. um because it is such a, a it is such a a big one and an important one and i think also i mean we're just uh you know we're just three brothers
0: mm-hmm.
1: um that are going to be bringing about the facts of the matter um but if you're listening to this and you know this is something that you know you find that you know, sexual sin is this constant stronghold in your life. Um, you know, it, it can be beneficial to listen to, to things like this and to read books and things like that. Uh, but you should be uh, seeking um, accountability with your yeah. elders at your yes. church. Um, because they 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 love you more than we do. Uh, they can help you more than we can. Um, they are more intimately involved in your life than we are. And so while we're trying to, you know, kind of get things, uh, you know, stirred up and maybe get you thinking about it um, and uh, kind of laying down some found foundational principles, ultimately, um, your local church is going to be a very, very valuable resource in dealing with this and other kinds of sins. So yep. we want yeah. to th- throw that out there. They are the ones who are literally
2: tasked with shepherding your souls, and they are the ones to whom God will require an account. Um, yeah, We have the right. privilege of being able to speak into these different things, and and right. yet the local church should be the first and foremost place you go to. So, yes, yeah. Um, all of us would say if you're listening to this with an eye towards us being your shepherds, don't do that. Um, look to the faithful men that God has put in your life and yeah. trust mm-hmm. yourself to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Amen. absolutely. Yeah, well said.
1: Um, one last point of nuance, I think, <laughs> uh, in in, in going into this, in going into this, is that um, we ca- we tend to categorize sins, right? And we and there's sins that we view as uh, respectable sins or small sins, with you know uh, sarcastic quotes, uh, and then there are large sins and embarrassing sins. I think a lot of people, a lot of Christians, uh, in particular on this subject, lust, sexual sin, because this is viewed as an embarrassing sin, uh, that many people would rather not deal with it or not get help with it or not seek out, uh, accountability. Uh, they would rather die with it than to actually go through the steps of embarrassing, of, of actually addressing it. Um. A number of years ago, I read a, a book on um, Heimlich, uh, the guy that created the Heimlich Maneuver, you know, uh, when you're choking to death. Mm-hmm. And one the, probably the most fascinating thing that stood out to me in that book was he gave some statistics of people that die from choking. Uh, and the cases of people who begin choking in a restaurant, so they're eating, they start choking most of those people die yeah. and the reason that they die is the first thought in their mind is I'm choking. I need to go somewhere by myself and take care of this.
0: Oh, cause they're like embarrassed because they're the- embarrassed.
1: Yeah. Hmm. They're embarrassed. Like the first thought is I'm embarrassed. And so they will go outside of the restaurant and die in the bushes because they don't want to get help from anybody because they're ashamed. Um, I wonder how many Christians have been running outside into the bushes for years dealing with this sensual sin issue because they're embarrassed to deal with it. But, friends, it's, yeah. not, worth, uh, it's not worth your soul. It's not worth the destruction no. and things that it brings. So, yes, it may be embarrassing and it may be painful, but it needs to be dealt with. And if you're a child of Christ, um, it cannot remain. Cannot
2: remain. No, you'll never be content in hiding sin. I mean, I, I can tell you that just as a guy who right. has tried it before in the early stages of my Christian walk where um, there's shame, there's attached to it, everything in terms of just uh, wanting to be free from it, but um, God has designed the local church and godly friends yeah. and godly elders and a godly congregation that can come alongside you and actually help you fight yeah, right. sin. That's the whole right, purpose yeah. of why we go to church. We're not perfect people we need right. each other
1: yeah and you're not the and this isn't unique to you you're not the only one struggling with these kinds of things you're a dummy no. if you think that yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean it's yeah. the the uh, the statistics are shocking on mm-hmm. uh, things like pornography addi- uh, mm-hmm. uh, addiction and um, all of those different kinds of things too and we'll get into some of that um uh, but to kind of lay down some foundation of where we're going anyway we want to talk about Uh, is initially, we want to talk about, uh, sex and the context for sexual activity, which of course is marriage. And so we're going to kind of lay down some, uh, creative matter as far as, uh, marriage and, uh, sexual activity and making babies and all kinds of things like that. Um, then we'll kind of move on to just the, um, the damage of sexual sin Mm. and our, what exactly is at risk when we partake, uh, in those things and entertain those things? Um, we will then move into kind of some application of the, uh, seventh commandment. Uh, we'll look at, of course, at Christ in Matthew chapter five as he's dealing with, uh, uh, unfolding the seventh commandment in a deeper way. And then we'd really like to end it with just some practical, uh, advice to kind of help you, uh, in this, in this battle. So. Yeah. That's where we're going. And uh, buckle up, and we'll we'll jump in. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And you know, we, and this is coming in the maybe the last thing I'll say by way by way of introduction here before we get into foundations. Yeah, you know, this entire season has been dedicated to common struggles of the Christian life, and th- this one, as as we alluded to earlier, is extraordinarily common. So mm-hmm. I I, I want to reiterate what Blake and Grayson said: if you are ashamed. You have a reason to have shame. Like it is a shameful right. thing. It is a right. sinful, right. shameful thing. But mm-hmm. do not hide. You want coming. you know, practical vice advice is like part four here will probably be the next episode. <laughs> right, I'm just right. gonna come yeah. out right now. Yep. Confess. Right. Confess. Right. Yep. Find someone to confess to because it will continue to fester. And if I'm just telling you, sexual sin is a unique sin and that it will fester and develop and pervert and yeah. cr- yep. Get right. help. Right. Well, Paul, I mean, Paul
2: literally lists sexual sin as the only sin that's against one's own body, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's, there's a destructive aspect to it that I think we simply do not account for when it comes to even yeah. the reality of pornography. Um, we right. live in a different age than the book of Proverbs, Proverbs was written in, but the point remains. Um, right. It, it has massive yeah. consequences, and these are things yeah. that— we just simply need to be able to navigate through wisely.
1: Amen. Right, right. So, all right. foundations. All right. All right. Well, to, to get your foundations, you got to go to Genesis. Yep. Right. Yeah. Does anybody yeah. have so it, like it If
0: If not, yeah, I yeah, got
1: it. Okay, I, I've got it. Go, go ahead, Grayson. Though. So we all, we've all got it. Open. We are. Why don't on, we on each read tonight, one word? word? Why don't word. we each
0: read one word and then we'll like. <laughs> Just do a popcorn radio. Like, yeah. I am not listening to that.
1: <laughs> it yeah. Out. Gosh, can
0: you imagine how this it is m-
1: really obnoxious? weird? These guys made this really weird, weirder than it <laughs> needed to be. This is the part that I don't want my children listening to.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Right. laughs> All right. Grayson, please, please read uh, Genesis yeah. 2. All right, Genesis 2, yeah. 18 through
2: 25. So I'm using the Legacy Standard Bible. It says, then Yahweh God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And out of the ground Yahweh God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky. And he brought each to see, or to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So Yahweh caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And Yahweh fashioned the rib, which he had taken from the man, into a woman. And he brought her to the man. Then the man said, This one finally is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, because this one was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed.
1: There's so much packed into that yeah. passage. I mean, so many, yep. again, foundational kind of issues of 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 marriage, the marriage relationship, uh, gender identity, <laughs> creation and purpose and sexual activity and all of these different things, uh, the family structure, yeah. uh, all of that. So we could go on and on and on about those things. But uh, I think we'd just like to begin by saying Adam does not have a helper that is fit for him. God then creates a helper for him. The man and the woman then from creation fit together and they are made for each other. In fact, the the woman, the Isha is literally taken out of the man. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so she's even given a name that is in relation to the man. So the woman is alone a suitable helpmate for the man and furthermore the man alone is suitable for the woman and so again these things that were you know easily understood 50 years ago have now been brought back into question and particularly with some uh liberal theological kind of settings and things like that but i mean a first grader can understand yeah that if god makes a woman for a man Then it is supposed to be a man and a woman that are together. When God is looking for a helpmeet, he doesn't bring along a buffalo. He doesn't bring along another man. He brings along in creation, of course, the woman. Um, And then in the text, you see the man and the woman coming together in one flesh. And you kind of have this uh, union and reunion thing going on that she's taken Hmm. out of the man. Uh, And then they're brought together in union, but... They're so perfectly meant for each other that it's almost a uh, a reunion, if you will, yeah. because yep. again, they're made for each other. Well, it's a rather wonderful thing too when you when you look at the
2: ending of that you know context where he looks at it and says, "For this reason," meaning on the basis of that one flesh union, they'll now leave mm-hmm. mother and father and cleave to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I mean you have the whole theology of marriage just simply built right around there. Right in how much yeah. the interaction of the, the new parents. Family unit.
1: Yeah. Yep. Right. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. So you got the whole yeah, the new family unit coming together after marriage and, and consummation. So now it's, you know, husband and wife, you are no longer under the uh umbrella of your parents' authority and you've got to be big boy and big girl and yeah. do your You know, live your own life, (laughs) which, which again is another, which again is another episode, probably. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we see God's decree at work. I mean, even later on when he tells Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. Um, only again, it sounds simple, but only a man and a woman can be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Yeah. So, the command and the purpose in all of this marriage, the context for sexual activity, the context uh, for the family, uh, and the purpose of sexual activity, a purpose of sexual activity, is to be fruitful and multiply. Uh, and so, again, you see God doing something, I think, really interesting here. When I, uh, when I was growing up, so we grew up in in town. And we lived in a like a really weird like apartment complex that was built in the sixties. And the and the streets were like really, really curvy and there was lots of little cul-de-sacs and there was like hundreds and hundreds of duplexes, right? So we lived kind of like right smack in the middle. My parents were very strict. Uh, my parents were never the parents that let us like walk to the store with our friends or go to the <laughs> mall or anything like that. And they set parameters for us. So when me and my siblings went outside to play, they said, you can go from here to here. All right. But they didn't do was they didn't tell us like, okay, each time we go outside, you can't go to the mall. You can't go to the store. You can't walk down the street with your friends. You can't go to the park. You can't go to the skate park or anything, any of those things. He, they didn't set the list out each prohibitive thing. They set the limits for us. You can go from here to here. And then we had freedom within those limits, what God does. Uh, and I think this is a key issue when it comes to sex and sexual expression is he doesn't just give us a big long list of, well, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. this." He sets the field for this is the appropriate outlet for sexual desire. And you have freedom within those appropriate bounds, Hmm. right? right? Which is a genius way to bring about the management and the joy of sexual activity. Yeah. Imagine if God just made a big long list of things you weren't supposed to do. What would be knowing mankind? What would be the thing that took place with the big list of no's?
2: Oh, it would easily be a well. I mean, e- here's either the exception to the rule, or right, right, let right. me let me, as Romans puts it, um, be an inventor of evil,
1: where I will exactly. just come up with
2: something new and debaucherous yeah. that I can participate
1: in. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, somebody check the list. Is that on the list? Oh ooh, yeah. okay. We gotta get off something else. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So again, within the within the mer- within the context, particularly speaking of sex, he sets it within bounds for a purpose. Now, interestingly, one of the primary purposes of sex, which we do not want to lose, I think it has been lost in our society, is that sexual activity between a husband and wife all things normative of course we know that there are exceptions to this because we live in a sinful fallen world but all things normative children are produced from sexual activity and this is a big deal to god Mm. uh this is what i mean in in malachi um he says it very clearly do one of you guys have that passage i do Yeah, so the the context that
2: he's dealing with, you have priests that have forsaken their vows that they need to marry within Israel, right? And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, you can tie a New Testament application to that of marrying in the Lord, right? But go back to the context of it, verses 13 through 16. He says, this is another thing you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and with groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. Mm -hmm. And you say, yet. "'For what reason? Because Yahweh has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth, against whom you have dealt treacherously, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. But not one has done so who has a remnant of the Spirit. And what did that one do while he was seeking a godly offspring? Take heed then to your spirit, and let no one deal treacherously against the wife of your youth. For I hate divorce,' says the Lord, the God of Israel." And him who covers his garment with wrong, says Yahweh of hosts. So take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. Yeah.
0: Grayson, what translation was that again?
2: Uh, That one should be, I think that's an Asby.
1: Okay. So God explicitly says, I mean, you have this whole thing of like marriages, marrying outside of Israel, all these different things. But he explicitly says, what is... God, explicitly he says, what is the goal that I have in mind here with you being with your wife and your wife of Israel? Is it not to produce godly mm-hmm. offspring? Right. Yeah. And all the Presbyterians said, amen. Amen. Right. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> that there would, you know, that there would be godly offspring. You know? and, and so when when the. <clears throat> When uh, sexual activity then is taken out of the context that it's supposed to, it actually destroys you know one of the goals um, or one of the, the purposes rather, not goals, but one of the purposes of that sexual activity. So we have God creates sex in the context of marriage, mm-hmm. um, all things being normative. There are children, of course, that are produced. And again, we know that. Um, that is not always able to be achieved, but when man and woman are joined, that is the sort of union that is meant to produce offspring. So, again, we see in, in Malachi that, that same kind of thing. Yeah. As we
2: jump the Yeah, go ahead. I was Harrison. just going to say, I always find it interesting when people in our culture are shocked that sex works. Right. A baby is produced from the act of union that God has given us to actually produce offspring. And mm-hmm. we've built an entire industry around it when it comes to birth control and abortifacients. Um, I mean, they're one in the same, but the abortion yeah. industry as a whole is literally an undoing of what God has said is actually the very telos or purpose of marriage in mm-hmm. one sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah and it's certainly it's- a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and you think about the the again to to think about the common struggle here, and it's no one none of us have to to wax eloquently about the problems of sex in our culture. Like you you could be half awake and and <laughs> and, and realize <laughs> yeah. everything is going like it's wild out there. Right, but but it goes back to the creation mandate. Like all of this is foundational because it goes right into the creation of who we are and our purpose. Being made in the image of God and our committed with the way God has commissioned us to act and how we're to interact with each other. Right. Like it's it's right there. So this this sexual liberation theology, this this right. liberal theology that has sprouted up, and it's aimed right at undoing the creation. Right, right? like it's right. it is aimed at undoing all the way back at Genesis. This isn't it's it's not just an issue that aimed at um, fun. Oh, it's limiting fun. Oh, it's mm-hmm. I I ought to be able to express myself or whatever it is. It is a satanic attack against the creation mandate established by God in the garden. Right. It is so right. serious. It is such yep. a serious thing. Yeah. And and yeah, not, not to 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 kind of reiterate what you guys are saying here. Marriage then becomes the way that this is supposed to be done. Right. And it's clear. It's absolutely yeah. clear in Scripture. It's it's not vague, and it's done in marriage because it upholds the creation mandate. It it, it upholds God's Uh, establishment of the family and the order Mm -hmm. and the structure. Mm -hmm. Um, Every read any amount of research you go find, Google it, whatever uh, families, children, everything is better when there are two parents in the house. Like, yeah, there's, there's books and books and books about like, everything is better because we were fundamentally made that way to operate. Right. It is. God did it and it was good. Right. And it is, it is attack against, I mean, it's right out of the pits of hell right. to undo this stuff. And it is destroying our culture. Right. Well, I always find it interesting, too. You
2: look at, I mean, this has been a trope for a long time, how people have talked about the reality of how the secularization of America has happened. And they say, God first, family second, and then what's third, typically? Church. Church church yeah and so the reality that they're speaking to though is that this this idea comes that there is this there is a god right in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god mm. they set literally everything into motion and created ex nihilo from nothing and so once you get into evolutionary theory boom that's done right once you gone, attack yeah. the nuclear family boom that's done what do you have left right. at that point point? and where are we in our culture and yet right. we shake our heads and wonder what's going on in our nation. Right. The reality is, we've immediately, from day one, attacked the very foundations of the universe that God has right. set into motion Absolutely. with
1: his word. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: yeah so and we, then, so yeah, we, say, we wonder, say
0: foundations for the right. issue. <laughs> right. <laughs> what about foundations? Like, this is like atoms and neutrons foundational. Like, it right. is yeah. the yeah. way we are made. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. 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 And, yeah it kind of um, it kind of also reminds me of I mean because you have that as you have the breakdown of course of of the family and uh, the secularization and uh, you know humanistic you know teachings and you know degrading humans to simply to animals I mean there's so many things that are covered in that Genesis text that we read mm-hmm. I mean even the distinction yeah. of, of of men and animals you know. Um, and, uh, I was reading the, the wonderful works of God by, uh, Bob Vink. And, you know, I think like in the first chapter or two, you know, he, he talks about, you know, that it is set in men's hearts, this longing for eternity. And it's the thing that it separates us from, from animals and that yeah. animals, uh, they live with the, uh, in the momentary, in the sensius. I mean, they can, you know, sense, sensations and a dog knows that it feels good to be pet and he knows that it feels it's bad to be kicked you know (laughs) and things like that but but a dog doesn't appreciate uh you know relationship uh, with god or art or philosophy or any of these things that humans do yeah and so when you take the very thing that separates uh men and women and you try to force men into the box of living just for the sensuous for the for the you know sexual pleasures Mm -hmm. uh for those kinds of things it doesn't work because we're not made that way. We're not yep. made. W- yeah. We cannot be satisfied with simply the sensuous. And the problem is, is when we lust, or when we commit adultery, or when we commit sexual sin, even as Christians, what we're essentially doing is we're saying, "I can, I can be satisfied with." the sensius and I don't need it in the way that God has orchestrated it and with the way that God has planned it but I can take that good gift rip it out of its context and use it for my own devices and then we wonder well why are there so many of these diseases and why is there so much shame that comes hmm. up why is it so mentally dis- and spiritually destructive yeah uh why is it so uh addicting and and so we we get into these things of like why is all this well Again, when you take something and you rip it and you use it for something that it's not meant to be used for and you lie to yourself, again, even as a Christian and say, well, this is I have needs. These are the things that I need to be you know, satisfied or to feel complete or I'm lonely or I mean, all the excuses that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, when we do that, we're essentially saying, God, you're a liar and I know what's best for me. Yeah yep and we act in a way that is sexually sinful
2: yeah solomon i mean literally tells the one who pursues the harlot um you are a senseless beast Mm -hmm. in the sense Mm
1: -hmm. that he equates them to the dumb mute ox in the field and that's such a deep line like that's not like that's such a deep passage it's not just it's not like just a sick burn right like you're just a big yeah. dumb animal, but it's <laughs> yep. like okay, you are. You're taking aspects. You're you're um shutting down the human aspects, and you're reducing yourself.
0: Yeah, to, a removal of the a a beast. Like a, You're right. not worthy of of this. Right. Like the way you're yep. acting, you are not. You don't have the dignity of right. being made in the image of God. You're acting like a beast of the field. You know? right.
2: When you think about it, there is a simple glory that the Christian, especially has, but even the pagan men and women. Or man and woman, I should say, who are abiding in the creation mandate have as they fulfill just a basic aspect of that creation ordinance where they are reflecting the very glory of God by fulfilling the dominion mandate as he has decreed it. Yeah. Uh, even if they might be completely unawares of it, they might right. be, um, God haters who reject him. And yet they are right. still in essence and living according still the to the way God has created, created
1: grace. Yeah, common yes. grace is still in play uh when they're you know living out the again the within the parameters that God has is set. Yeah. Um so as we look at the, again the foundation kind of issue, again this is this is of all and of utmost importance and I hope it doesn't feel like we're, you know, beating a, a dead horse here. Uh because if you get this wrong if, if sex is subjective or if it's based on feeling or uh, if you try to take the picture of marriage and mix it up and move pieces around and make it something that it is not, which, by the way, God is the one that defines what marriage is. Mm-hmm. We You can call, um, you know, the various uh, sexual perversions marriage, but it doesn't make them marriage. Yeah. God defines yeah. what, what marriage is. Yeah. Um, So when you take marriage then and you can bring it into the New Testament, of course, in Ephesians 5, then we have all of these beautiful pictures like, okay, this marriage thing is not just an arbitrary kind of deal. It's not something that God just willy-nilly said, well, okay, one man, one woman together for life. They should be producing children and that's it. Remember, God doesn't do anything arbitrarily and he doesn't do anything without purpose. Everything he does has ultimate purpose. And so, what we see in Ephesians 5 with Christ and the church is illustrated by marriage, which God created. Yeah. You mean to read that? Yeah, go for it. Don't let me monologue, boys. Don't let me do it. Just interrupt.
0: Just interrupt. are doing such a good job. I was just no, I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm, for, getting, for like a, for a minute there, up. I was like, oh, I'm part of this podcast too. Like well, I, this is the Blake hour. Way, in a good Don't way. In a good way, I was it. like, this is really good. Like I'm just taking this in. I'm like no, oh, Jack just clicks the YouTube. mute
2: button on Blake. And yeah,
0: if we keep this up, Jack will be our first subscriber. Uh, Ephesians 5, 22-25, and then I'll read 31-33 through 33 as well. Paul says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands going through 25 yeah sorry husbands love your wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her and then i'll jump ahead there's a few verses in there but for the sake of time 31 through 33 therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh this mystery is profound and i'm saying that it refers to christ in the church However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could preach ten
2: sermons
1: on that passage. It, I, yeah. There's just there's so much packed into these things. for this, all the simple and, and yeah. yeah. Isn't that the beautiful thing about Scripture? Is yep. simple enough for a child to understand deep enough for the most brilliant theologian to plunge for all eternity. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. You could never reach the bottom of that passage. No, I mean... all the ties back to Genesis and the mystery of Christ, like... Right.
2: I mean, Paul himself says that this mystery is great, right? Yeah. He he looks at that union and compares it to the gospel, and, um, I mean, as a husband, I'm always looking at passages like that especially and thinking... God, for one, tall calling, right? But for two, Mm -hmm. uh, it's like the more and more that I understand about Christ and the gospel, the more I should be a better husband. And so Mm -hmm. should I not be, therefore, all the more diligent of a student of the gospel, that I might apply that in my marriage and rebound that marriage to the glory of God
0: that others might see and, Lord willing, come to believe?
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, but you see here again this picture of man and woman coming together and and what was taken in genesis and is like elemental to our being as people right is then expounded in this vertical sense like a laser right <laughs> because it's it's drawn up into christ and all of a mm-hmm. sudden this picture of what we are is expanded in ways that i can't even like begin to describe right like right. i made that silly comment in a few podcasts ago about we were we were talking about this and everyone got mad at me and made me cry what? That, that didn't happen why don't i, I this oh, a <laughs> classic vague book i edited i edited yeah.
1: that no that didn't happen. that's like the uh yeah, hey I, can you can you prepare <laughs> for
2: this unspoken request
1: yeah
0: <laughs> we know it's lust gerald okay yeah so no but i'm but calling kinda, it an unspoken I, even before i said it i was like i don't know that i fully believe this but here's this wild thought i had so let me just throw it out there oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah oh man
0: that and yeah, Blake and I, I said, were just like attack mode. You are like ah, you, yeah. you guys. <laughs> I do. I was just sitting there the thinking. in the what comments the section, they fin to drag you, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> but but that the, that the and what I said was the per the, the primary purpose of marriage, and that's what we what we quibbled over. Even after yeah. I thought about it, I was like, that's probably not the best way to word it. Yeah, but the reason I but said but you even corrected yourself. I think I did. In the, yep. You were like no, not <laughs> a primary or one of the main functions of marriage is to teach us about Christ.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And that's ultimately the point here. And it's, it's incredible to me. It is, it is, and, and again, this mystery is profound. It's incredible to me that that was true in Genesis. Mm-hmm. That everything that God was establishing about marriage, about man, about woman, about gender reality, about uh, the, the purpose of our being, the fulfillment that we find in each other was true about Christ then. Right. Christ in the church. So to, to, to say that these things are trivial and that's what, that's what ends up happening. And this is what is so damning. And I'll just say that damning about Mm -hmm. our cultures. There are many things, right? But so damning about our cultures view on sexuality is because we've trivialized sex so much. Right. That it's meaningless. Like I think, I think, you know, the show friends, I hate the show friends. Um, I, my, what, wait, what show was that? Friends. 90s um, sitcom. Yeah, i never heard of you it. You don't know what Friends is? You guys no. stop messing with me. <laughs> 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 I know you know what Friends is. <laughs> uh, well, you so really exactly did well, like, a really good job. He's just like, oh, my God. You had me. I'm like, am I the only <laughs> one that knows what this show is?
2: <laughs> so you just have to say with enough confidence. You say that no with no. enough confidence no. and just...
0: But huh? both of you right. did it together. And for a split second, I, I was like, hang on a second. There was right. this mind meld if- that two of us were <laughs> yeah. like. The Baptist was the mind meld. Yeah, it was it the Baptist now. mind, mind yeah. collective. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've ever watched that show, one of the things that drives me nuts, and and to be fair, not to disparage friends, this is true of most sitcoms. And All disparage Okay, huh. you can disparage yeah. friends. We'll throw it down to you. But the thing that frustrates me about it, and I've pointed this out to my wife, is because we've seen, we've watched a few episodes along the way, right? and i say the thing i dislike about this is it makes sex so unbelievable and every joke is about sex like mm-hmm. and I, I pointed this out one time i went through and i said and i said i'm going to count how many jokes are about sex as we were watching it and it was mm-hmm. like 85% of the sex. and it's just an absurd amount mm-hmm. and and it, the entire thing is a thrust to make sex meaningless
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah well,
0: sex is warning. fun in hebrews so, but you yeah. don't
2: defile the marriage and race. and yet yeah that's popular entertainment
0: it's that is what's fun it's yeah. fun it's meaningless oh i should do what i want like the whole thing is about that and that's where our culture is embraced right so much you know friends and i, I, I go I ahead read a thing that that
1: friends actually did more cultural damage so i, I read like a i don't even know who it was it might have been like tim Chalese mm-hmm. or somebody um one of those guys that analyzes things deeply um but they were saying that not only the trivialization of, of sex, but that Friends was the first big sitcom, like really big sitcom that was not based, um, around some kind of, uh, uh, like family structure. Hmm. Cause you think about like hmm. all the old sitcoms, it's all like at least some, in some way, family based, um, you know, whether it's, Old, you know, like old, old shows or whatever. The right. only exception that I can really think of would be like, maybe like mash or something like that, but coming in, but coming in, it was like, okay, this is like the family element is actually removed. And this truly is just about a group of friends who sleep um, with each other. Right. Right. And so you have this That's weird, it. like uh, cultural shift, which we, which we see today. I mean, look how low the family is viewed today yeah. and how yeah. trivialized sex is today and um, we're going to place all this blame square on the shoulders of friends. Huh? Thanks a lot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a, a lot.
0: Jerks. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> Look what you did. Some friend you are.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're not a friend at all. We though. got a couple of yeah. people
0: that are like, I really love that show. It's, <laughs> it's like,
1: well, well so uh, a big watch. part of my childhood. Yeah. That's but like, no, that all that I know, my, my
0: experience, my experience. All that does, oh, your experience with friends. Are we, are we still on that? <laughs> I I, I guess not. I guess not. I guess we're.
1: Jack's like trying to pull it it back
0: in. I'm like trying to pull it back in. I even saw
1: you did the like pull it back in motion too. Yeah, Yeah, I I did. I did. No, No. let's let's get one more one more friends. No, it's just it's dumb. It's dumb. I I I'd never seen. I'd never watched it growing up, and people were like, "It's the funniest show. It's so funny." I tried to watch like the first two episodes, and truly, it wasn't. I was going in thinking like, "Yeah, this is going to be the best show ever." Wasn't funny at all. Not good. Yeah. yeah. Not at all.
0: It wasn't even you know, remotely funny. I said I'm gonna try to pull it back in. I'll say this. One of the reasons <laughs> I like Seinfeld more than friends. And here's another thing that's I think is is really damaging about friends, and I'll compare Seinfeld and, and Friends, because I like Seinfeld. Um and I'm not saying Seinfeld is like a beacon of, of morality here. Um because they do a lot of the same thing. The difference yeah. though is friends is we're likable, fun people. You want to be with us. Right. Seinfeld is like, you know, they're terrible people. Like, they don't make oh, them yeah. up to be. They do not You know what I mean? It. Like, they it's don't. Like it. it's, like, it's, it's like nobody wants George Costanza as a husband. It's, yeah. Or Kramer. Like, they know they're terrible people. So they're, <laughs> yeah. but they're doing the same thing. Like, sex is meaningless. Relationships are meaningless. But they don't present them in a way that, like, hey, I could really be friends with these people. You're like, right. Like yeah, these guys are sure. <laughs> yeah well it's like <laughs> right. i'm
2: watching their life implode and yeah it's exactly. a satire right the, the whole it,
0: point of it is to mock it a- absolutely mm. friends is the exact opposite hmm. it's the exact opposite because sex is meaningless relationships oh whatever let's just have whatever and oh you want to be friends with us so bad oh we're such good friends everything works out in the end oh you slept with my best friend it's okay Honey, let me give you a hug. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's just nonsense. Like, it's so yeah. detached from reality. Anyway, I brought up friends. To, that reminds to me
1: of Genesis when... Uh, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> there's yes, no, there's you. no easy there, way to bring it back. <laughs> we have to just I, lob
1: I did, off the limb and... yeah.
0: I, I did have a purpose for saying all this. So, yeah. all that to say, we've trivialized it so much that we have forgotten that the mystery is profound. Hmm. That, hmm. that there is so much substance that is baked in to who we are as people right. in marriage, in the man right. and the wife, mm-hmm. that to trivialize it is to undermine the foundation principles of creation, who we are, right. and Christ in his church. Right? I, I, tell me if I'm sta- going
1: too far in this. Oh, here we go. Okay. All right, buckle have up. The turn tables. Here we, yeah, here we go. <laughs> so if you have Christ in the church uh, pictured by the marriage, then... Uh, then it seems to me that all of the elements that pertain only to marriage then somehow speak to that relationship of Christ and the church. And so whether it's producing children or whether it's uh, sexual intimacy or any of those things, like all of those things then are pictured with a purpose for Christ and the church and the marriage. And so to, again, take any of those things out of that picture into into pervert them whether it's uh sex outside of marriage or having children outside of marriage or uh you know whatever the case uh may be what you're doing is you're taking an illustration uh that god has laid down a, a masterpiece and you're painting over it yeah we um I think I, I think I texted you guys the other day. I was watching I uh, didn't in a long time. Batman, 1989. Oh yeah, with uh, Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Yeah, nice. In a I classic. Watched that the other day too.
0: <laughs> in yeah, the classic we
1: scene. The classic scene It's that mind meld. That classic scene where they're in the um, where the girl is waiting in the uh, art museum. And there's all these fine all this fine art everywhere. And you can just see, you can just tell, I mean, everybody's well, very well dressed, very expensive kind of setting. And then you know the Joker gasses the whole place and comes in. And what's he immediately start doing? Like just painting right over everything. Putting it painting paint. over everything, like putting oh, yeah. lipstick like, on the faces and everything else, you know. It's
0: like listening to like Phil yeah. Collins or something. Right, right. Like
1: taking this like taking yeah. this uh beautiful art and degrading it uh and then calling it good. Which is yeah. exactly what he does. He says, "This yeah. is so, this is so wonderful," you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, sexual activity. Again, taken outside. It's taking this beautiful picture that God has made with particular purpose to illustrate a particular thing, and it's slapping paint all over it and saying, "Look what I've done! Look, I've done yeah. something really wonderful," you know. To carry the yeah. illustration, um,
2: marriage. If you guys have ever done the paint by numbers thing, it's a, it's literally. A paint-by-numbers thing. God has already set the parameters of it. He's already given the colors in which you ought to use with it. He's given specific ways in which you ought to fill in and shade. And so when you Hmm. are basically doing whatever the heck you want with it, what you come out with is not something that's beautiful, not something that's well done, not something that's art, but something Mm -hmm. that has defied the actual original purpose of
1: what it was created to be. Right. And if anything, it's a shell of what it was supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. So I think we should call this episode "Friends, Batman, and Paint by Numbers." it would have to (laughs) be the one. uh, It would have
0: to. That that is the 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 secret
1: code for the book. (laughs)
2: Friends, (laughs) Batman, and Paint by Numbers.
0: There it is. That's a good one. Friends, Batman, Paint by Numbers. The first person to put "Friends, Batman, and Paint by Numbers" in the YouTube comments (laughs) will get this beautiful book nice delivered to their front door
1: or their box or wherever it goes so the biblical understanding then of marriage looks like a relationship of um sexual complementarianism i guess Hmm. um the kind of which again if all is functioning correctly can produce children and it has a husband and a wife uh showing forth the mystery of of christ and the church and so once we have those foundations in place, the, all of the commandments surrounding sex make way more sense now that they're not just divine whim, but they have a, a purpose. Yeah. Um, there is an internal moral logic that renders then every kind of, of adultery and fornication, bestiality, homosexuality, prostitution, um, any violation of God's sexual design, uh, it, it renders it again
0: sinful yeah yeah C- can i be really direct yeah can yes I Be really direct and and this this may be too direct for some people but i'm saying this with complete sincerity and love mm-hmm. your pornography addiction is doing what we just said yeah because someone statistically somebody listening to this has a pornography addiction absolutely that pornography yep. addiction is is what everything that we just said about the foundational elements about about God's purpose for sexuality, your pornography addiction is working to undermine what God mm. has done in creation and undermine the relationship of Christ and His church. Like, it is a sinful, horrible thing that is destroying you. Yeah, yeah. And I and, and I say you that you are
1: with... not the victim.
0: Yeah. No. There's this, there's yeah. this
1: weird thing. There's this weird thing with with sexual sin in particular that people try to make and i think it's maybe because it is embarrassing that people try to make themselves the the victim of the story yeah. like that sexual sin is some kind of monster that breaks into your house and you're cowering in the corner trying to defend yourself but you just can't
0: and it attacks you well um, yeah. if you're a uh, christian well no go ahead jack no no I, you're you're not wrong like i was going to agree with you we are completely responsible but i don't want to be unsympathetic because in the spirit of common Christian struggles, you know, Mm -hmm. like we live in a world that is, I mean, we just talked about the one of the most popular TV shows in history, how its entire existence was was based on undermining this stuff. But we don't say that same thing about murder. We we don't. Like
1: someone, we (laughs) murder (laughs) someone, we don't say like, well, the culture, and it's just, you know, the,
0: the, the, we got to be sympathetic toward the murderer. No, 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 well, all, all I was gonna say is, I'm not saying sympathy, Mm-hmm. It's just it's really hard, like you if you didn't grow up in the church, you have been trained from the day oh, yeah. you began to understand that sex is no big deal, yeah well, oh yeah, I so
2: can, I'll speak to this one
0: actually um I'll just share with
2: you when I was seven years old, literally seven years old was the first time I was exposed to pornography. I went bike riding with a group of friends, and we went uh, beyond the place where we were supposed to go. So there's an object lesson right there. Do not let sinners right. entice you in the way, right? And we went well beyond where we were supposed to. And in that same day, I was exposed to alcohol, tobacco, and a penthouse
1: magazine. That's seven years old. Well, and we was, all have bad childhood friends? <sighs> and If I you don't, don't have it's a just, bad childhood friend, you were the bad childhood friend or right. hopefully that's you're true. just that extremely blessed person well,
2: I mean, that it didn't have. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. yeah. But I yeah. look at that and it's like, okay, so I am, I'm literally the textbook example of somebody who was exposed to it in early an yep. extremely early time. And it yep. was an extremely difficult thing to get beyond um, when I first came to faith. But the reality is that once I actually came to faith and saw the evil for what it was, and how Mm -hmm. deep-rooted that sin was in my own life. Um, I did everything I could to get away from it. Mm. I mean, that whole idea of radical amputation, we'll touch on that more when we get to that finally at a a later point in a separate podcast. We're already hitting an hour right now. Um, But that was a point where for me it was, okay, here's where things actually become real, and here's Mm -hmm. where your profession of faith actually has legs to it. And sure. that's not me saying you're not going to have struggles as you battle this sin, but right. you actually have to battle it. And it should right. be an yeah. all-out war. And I mean right. all-out Absolutely. war. Do everything you to can to get rid of it because it will it consume is. you.
1: Yeah. 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 And I think that what I, what I was getting at is while you view yourself as the victim, you won't make ground. There no, yeah, um And it's, but the, the it, it real just,
2: victim is Christ in the church.
1: I mean, Mm -hmm. the real victim is the Mm. gospel.
2: Paul gets into really graphic Mm. terms in 1 Corinthians 5, where he talks about the man who has been sleeping with his mother-in-law. And he actually talks about this reality where he is, if you've joined yourself to a prostitute even, um, what you have done by being connected to the body of Christ, he says, you've joined Christ himself to the prostitute.
0: Mm.
2: And it's just, it's it's a horrendous picture. But that's Mm. the reality of what he speaks to, is that, yeah. The same thing Blake's saying, we we are not the victims, we are the perpetrators. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's fine. fine. Yeah, so now that we've uh, kind of laid down the foundations of all of this, uh, what we want to do in the next episode or two, if it's going to continue at the pace that it's continuing, uh, what we want to do is really lay down um, kind of a risk assessment of what exactly is at risk with um, sexual sin. We want to get to the practical house. We want that unfolding of the seventh commandment uh, is really, really uh, helpful in light of the foundations that we've already laid. So we hope that you'll join us uh, next time that we are together with part two of common struggles of the Christian life, lust and sexual sin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Grayson, any, anything in closing? I know we're kind of ending it abruptly here but um i think this is the right thing to do i don't think we want to there's so like we said in the beginning i think this is worth taking our time and yeah taking taking, the, taking bites the um, only thing
2: i'd close with is um really the the healthy foundation of what biblical marriage is to look like in all its aspects should be the governing principle as we're looking at how to fight lust um, you can yeah. beat yourself up in every which way, and in some ways it's appropriate to feel that shame. But ultimately, it's every aspect of sin. If you're only looking at the negative, you're never going to actually move towards what's positive. So there's put-offs right. and there's put on. Oh, yeah. And this yeah. is the same as every other thing that you battle with. And so if we can encourage you, at least in this beginning podcast episode, I know some parts were pretty heavy, but um, yeah. look at it in that light and say, okay, I know I need to put this sin off, but what do I need to put on? Well, everything you just listen to is what we need to put on and yeah. reteach and relearn what is true biblical sexuality and the way that honors God.
1: Right,
0: yeah. Yeah, and, I'll, and I, that, that's that's well said and, and very appraised. I'll, and I'll add, too, that um, to maybe piggyback on what grayson was saying that there it is easy to feel so much shame and there's good reason for that right we saw that in the garden uh we saw the shame come out the shame of sin right how they cover themselves and and this is an incredibly serious subject it is a very unique sin an extraordinarily uh relevant sin to everything going on in our day and age but i don't want you to despair right if you if you are in the bonds of pornography um if you're if you are stuck in that repent um get accountability seek christ find christ more beautiful than that sin um practice
1: you know, uh
0: practice gratitude
1: practice uh-huh. yeah gratitude drowns out the uh strangely and we can talk about the, this more next time uh practicing a spirit of gratitude drowns out all kinds of sinful thinking yeah including lust
0: yep yep well said yeah and there is there is forgiveness there's hope the 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 blood of christ can cover these sins so do not despair yeah and you were made for more than that you were made for
1: more than to be a dog eating vomit uh you're made in the image of god if you're a christian you are beloved by christ you're part of his body uh stop submitting your members to sin yep.
0: yeah. and stop watching Friends stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny alright <laughs> you have given yourself to the
2: vileness and purity
0: and Friends <laughs> Joey is not funny his character is not funny can we stop pretending he is anyway I'm done uh, thanks so much for the for listening to the Chorus in Chaoski this is part one uh, we'll be back with at least one more episode I suspect there may be uh, two more on this topic that would be my my prophecy um, <laughs> my pressed <laughs> prophecy <laughs> good night everyone